G'day everybody and welcome to this marketing thing. I am super pumped for today's episode. A little while ago I did an interview with a Facebook ad guru. He answered some of the big questions on Facebook at the moment as well as some hints, tips and tricks to make your Facebook ads more profitable. This episode's also for you, even if you're not running Facebook ads at the moment, and he shares some tips and things you can do right now if you're thinking about running Facebook ads in the future. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'll see you guys on the other side. Hi, my name's Kyle Macker, and I've been a pilot in the aviation industry for half my life. So you may be asking, why am I doing this marketing thing, right? Well, I'm so passionate about aviation, flying a big jet is just awesome, there's nothing like it. However, I realised that being a pilot is nothing what it used to be, especially during COVID. If I wanted to live the life of my dreams on my terms, I was going to have to teach myself a new skill. So three years ago, I started my marketing journey. I dove deep into the marketing world, I dug into the books, psychology, persuasion, anything that would help with a person saying yes to a product or service. I love it, however, I have a big problem. It's all theoretical knowledge and I have no hands-on experience and I still have so many questions. The biggest thing that I know is if we want our businesses to stand out in a noisy marketplace, we have to become better marketers. The best marketer will always win. So follow me on my journey and hopefully along the way it can help you spark up a few ideas that I've learnt so you can implement in your business. So make sure you subscribe to my channel so you don't miss the latest episodes and also if there's anything you want to know about, get in touch with me at thismarketingthing.com. So let's get into it. All right, so my next guest is a Facebook ad guru. He runs a marketing agency called AGC Media. He's run campaigns for six, seven, and eight-figure businesses with some seriously amazing results from e-com to services businesses. He's a specialist in scaling campaigns that have run out of steam Based out of the UK, welcome Alex, Alex Cooper. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, Carl. No, absolutely. I was just thinking before the show, actually, that's a real rock star name. I was thinking of like Alice Cooper. Do you remember him or am I showing my age there? Um, Mate, I have to be honest with you. I don't have a clue who that is. <laughs> remember I've that song? My age. <laughs> I've probably showed my age to the whole audience right away. No, no, that's all right. Remember that song, the your poison running through my veins. That one, do you remember oh, that? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, heard yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first <laughs> song, my dad's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, so mate, you're in the UK. I bet it's getting cold there at the moment. It's not getting cold. It's been cold. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All year round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's that's um, that's what you get when you sign up deliver here but yeah i live in london and i love it around here i mean if anyone here's from the uk i recently moved to um west london i live in hammersmith currently and um yeah it's a it's a beautiful beautiful place oh hammersmith that's awesome I, i've actually been to hammersmith a bit and it's uh that's a that's great area fantastic so easy to get into the city too yeah i mean I've literally got the whole of London on my doorstep. So I'm very, very grateful that I've got the chance to, to live here. Oh, that's perfect. So what? So, what's your backstory, Alex? What made you start a marketing agency? To be honest, I think, well, I started out when I was about 16 years old. Um, I started 
this thing called drop shipping. If you're not aware of what that is, it is essentially uh, shipping products. So it's owning an e-commerce brand without ever buying or owning any stock. So the customer places an order and um, it'll be fulfilled by uh, a third party fulfillment like Amazon or like AliExpress or any other fulfillment. And at the time when I was doing it in about 2015, 2016, it was great because uh, Facebook ads were cheap and um, the world was a much better place. But it's tough now. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely much more difficult with um, everything that's been going on recently and, and especially the um, the elections um, and what that's done to the, the Facebook ad costs. And uh, I'm sure we'll get onto that in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, I started off in dropshipping um, and then connected with a couple of local business owners that I knew offered to run their ads because I showed them the results I got in dropshipping. Yep. And then from there, my marketing agency just kind of formed. I mean, it, it wasn't anything that I planned. It wasn't anything that I'd seen anyone else done. It just kind of happened and it came about. And over the years, we've, we've built the team out and um, we've got better at delivering results. And, and here we are at the point we are today where we mainly service e-commerce businesses. And um, I'm very proud of, of the results that we're able to get our clients. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned in the intro, you're getting some amazing results. I mean, on your Facebook profile, I've seen some screenshots that you've posted and uh, the ro some of the ROASs are in the teens. Now, that's absolutely amazing. And, and um, just for the listeners out there, most advertisers get between three and four. I mean, firstly, just for the listeners, what's ROAS? And then secondly, what's required to get results like that? Now I know there's you know there's a lot of moving parts in a campaign like that. Everything's got to sort of be working pretty well to get those sort of results. But what generally needs to happen to get those sort of results? Sure. So first of all, ROAS is return on ad spend. So for example, if I spend one thousand dollars on Facebook ads and I get back three thousand, my ROAS is going to be three X. It's basically yeah. saying, what's your return on investment? Okay. Now, where it gets a little bit more complicated, how do you get a great ROAS? Well, yep. we could sit here and talk for yeah, hours about that. Say, yep. um, and I could go on for ages about what is required to get a great ROAS. But yep. really, mm -hmm. everything that I could say could be summarized like this. So all advertising is and ever will be is putting an offer in front of your customers and crafting messaging that resonates with them on a deeper level. So a lot of people will spend time inside of Facebook working on their audiences, their interests, their targeting, looking for ad hacks. Yeah. But the truth is you can't put lipstick on a pig. And what I mean by that is the very first thing you need to think about before you even consider running Facebook ads is have you got a good offer? Have you yeah. got an offer that resonates with your target audience? Because if you haven't, yeah. no amount of Facebook ads is going to save that. Even the best marketers in the world can't market, market a product that doesn't work. Yeah. So you need to have a product that's got a product market fit. Or if you're a local business, it will be an offer. Yeah. Or let's just say you need to have an offer that's got a product market fit. And then once you've got that, you need to be able to write copy that strikes a nerve in your customer 
And then once you've got that, you need to be able to produce creative that motivate them to action, to take action. So those three things are really the only thing you should be focused on when it comes to Facebook ad. Okay. That is the 80%. Okay. So once you've got those three things, the product, the copy, and the creative, you are 80% of the way there. Yeah. And those are the only three things that you should focus on before you start think about running Facebook ads because that is the same formula that's literally worked for decades and decades from print ads in the newspaper to say billboards on the highway. Facebook ads is just the thing that's working now. So you have to still take these timeless concepts that have worked for decades and centuries in the past. And these are the same things that will work for decades and centuries in the future. Absolutely. It's having a good offer being able to write copy that strikes a nerve in your customer and then producing a creative that will motivate them to take action. And yet there is obviously so, so much more um, that we'll get into, but those are the three cornerstones when it comes to producing a good variety for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a really good foundation. But what do you, so what do you think most people's mistake is when they start running Facebook ads? Is it not those three things that you've mentioned? Are they probably missing one of those three? and that's the main problem, or is it something else? I think a lot of people approach Facebook ads without a clear idea, or say a lack of objective um, going into it. So for example, a dentist might decide that they wanna run Facebook ads to increase their sales. Mm -hmm. And they'll say something like, okay, we're a dentist, hi guys, we're a dentist on 10 Bond Street, we offer Invisalign, come and check us out. Okay. They'll run that ad for one month and it doesn't do well. And then they might say, well, I guess Facebook ads isn't for us. Well, no, it isn't for you if that's all you're going to do. I mean, Facebook ads is a continuous testing process. So you need to approach it like that. So what I'm trying to say is Mm -hmm. think of Facebook as a long-term strategy. When you're running ads, Don't get upset if it doesn't work at the beginning. You should look at the beginning phase as a gathering data phase rather than losing money because that's all you're going to be doing at the start. You're going to be gathering this data that you're going to be using to retarget the audiences in the back end and we'll cover retargeting um, in a minute, I'm sure. And that is when you really start to see the returns of 10, 15, 20x on Facebook. So going back to what you said, what is the the biggest mistake when people start running Facebook ads, you need to come in with a clearly defined sales funnel. So let's go back to the dentist, for example. Instead of going, um, we're a dentist here, this is what we offer, come and check us out, or like our page, which um, so many people do. Guys, please don't run like page ads. No. They really, really are the biggest waste of money ever. Oh, and they're only, actually, they're only second yeah. to the boosted posts, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is, the, the boosted posts are, are pretty evil from a phrase because they know that people yeah. don't really know how to use their back end. Yeah. Well, okay, that didn't come out very well. Yeah. Yeah. They know that yeah. people are confused by running face cads. So the boost post is literally there to take your money from business owners, Absolutely. really. Because, yeah. yes, they're going to put your post in front of more people, mm. but there is absolutely no structure or planning behind that. Um, you're not running traffic to any sort of web page or, or, or landing page. And you're going to get loads of engagement, which is great, but they're not going to turn into conversions. Yeah. 
So whatever you do, don't run boosted posts and do not do not run like page ads. That's great advice. So let's go back to the sales funnel. Yep. If you're a dentist, instead of doing what we just said, which is what 95% of dentists will be doing on Facebook, let's just come at it from the perspective of, let's create a sales funnel right now for them. So one example that we work, when we used to work with dentists back in the past, one of their main services is Invisalign, which is like invisible braces. Yeah, okay. And we would run an offer for come and get your free Invisalign consultation. Okay. And we'd run that to people within five to 10 kilometers of um, the dentist's address. Okay. So the sales funnel would be on the front end, um, at the top of the funnel, you'd have the free consultation. Yep. So then they'd go in onto the landing page and they'd book their appointment. Yep. And then they'd come in to the dentist and once they're in the dentist, they'd have their free consultation. The dentist would diagnose whether they think that Invisalign is a suitable service or not for them. And then they'd go and upsell them Invisalign services. Okay. So here we've got like a clearly defined funnel. And when you have something like that, when you have a free offer on the front end, and that's another thing, if, if you are able to use some kind of free offer, yeah. a lead magnet, if you were, then... Yeah. They work incredibly well on Facebook because you have to have some kind of value proposition to convince the user to click through on your ad. Because let's remember, people are not on Facebook to book a consultation with their dentist. Absolutely, yep. They're on Facebook to see what their friends and family are doing. They're on Facebook to watch funny videos. They do not want to hear about your business. So the only way to interrupt them in their scroll is by creating something so valuable that they feel compelled to click through. Yeah. So that's why the free offers do so well for um, for local businesses. If you're a coach or a consultant, you might think about offering a free strategy session. Yeah. Or just something that you can offer on the front end that is going to stop your audience in their feed and then um, get them to click through on your ad. And that begins to look like more of an actual sales funnel rather than we're going to throw a load of money at Facebook. And if they result in clients, then great. And if not, then we're just going to move on because Facebook doesn't work for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It all comes down to that. A big part of it is what you said before, isn't it? The offer has to be good and it ha- people have to see value in that offer. So say for the dentist, you know, all good advertising st- starts with nailing down the who. H- how do you find your dream customer for your clients? Do you go into Facebook Audience Insights or do you use other tools? How do you really nail that person down that really wants that Invisalign free consultation? Yeah, so you put it on the head there. And see, here's the thing. Everyone thinks that they know their target audience. Yeah. But when you ask them, they'll give you answers like their gender, their age, the number of children. Yeah. Maybe if you're lucky, they'll give you their occupation and their salary. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. That's not knowing someone. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's yeah. not knowing someone. All of that is yeah. just demographic data. Yeah. And the thing is, if you want to understand your customers' pains, hesitations, problems, and, and their needs, you have to look beyond the data and actually into the people behind the screens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this might be less applicable in the dentist example because if I was looking for an ideal client for a dentist, I mean, 
the problem with that is you can only go five to ten kilometers away from the dentist location yeah but where this comes into play is if you have a physical product where you can ship worldwide or you sell a service online this is where knowing your target customer and your buyer persona down to a t yeah becomes absolutely essential for your business so this is one of the things that we place a huge emphasis on when we first start working with clients and there's a couple of different ways that we go about it so the first thing we'll do is rigorously study reviews okay so we'll read the longer well ideally you want to look at look for the longer reviews um, and testimonials that you've got about your service from your current customers and actually sometimes what we'll do is filter out the one and five star reviews because you want to get rid of the outliers on either side and you really want to find the people who are somewhat sat satisfied with your service but also have some valuable feedback okay that's a good tip when you actually read the longer reviews you'll pick out little golden nuggets and you can actually then use in your copy to remarket to new customers because there is no better source for knowing who your ideal customer is than the actual feedback you've got from your existing customers so we'll rigorously study our reviews and a great tip actually for finding pain points of your customers is study your competitors reviews as well okay so whether whether you're a coach or consultant um you can look at testimonials if you're a, a local business you might just want to put a quick google search in for all of your competitors yeah what are their customers saying about them what pain points are they seeing and then how could you incorporate that into your copy okay. because a lot of the time copy is just a case of identifying your customers pain points and addressing that and acknowledging that when you market back to them yeah oh absolutely so so we've got reviews and another great one that i love to use is is old school is surveys okay so a lot of businesses will mess up here they might ask questions like i don't know why did you choose us or what's your favorite thing about our product okay and in reality that's not going to give you much yep so if you want great answers to your questions you have to ask great questions yeah okay. so what i like to do is ask about their emotional attachment to my product or my client's product okay. so instead of asking questions like that maybe you could ask a question like if we took our product away from you today what would you miss the most okay or what happened today that led you to search or click for or click through on our product and when you start asking questions like this Start, actually, start asking what they're actually emotionally attached to about the product, you'll find gold. Okay. Like you'll find crazy things that have nothing to do with the product itself and you will never ever have been able to come up with in your wildest dreams in your ad copy. Yeah. Yeah, that you'll they, find things like yeah. well, No, absolutely. Sorry. Keep going. Um you'll they might say things like, I don't have to get up from the couch or I can immediately warm the house up before I come in. Something along those lines. I mean, it's different because I'm I'm yeah. trying to. Um, oh, you're trying to make an example of for every type of business there is. But no, that that's really interesting advice, and they're very interesting questions. Sort of delving deeper into the unconscious mind, why people do the things that they do, and I think as business owners, people that talk about 
nailing down their who. You said it before when they just say, oh, they know their age and their gender and, yeah, they've got kids or whatever. That's not knowing someone, but diving deep into the subconscious, why they do these things, With that is, that's where good copy and good marketing comes from. So you're absolutely 100% correct there. I, I agree with it. The other thing I will say with surveys is, you're right, people ask the wrong questions and you have to be careful with the questions you, I believe that you ask on a survey, you're right. And if you're asking the wrong questions, you're going to get crappy answers because I find, I've found I've run surveys before and people will answer with probably things that they, to make themselves seem better more than they probably actually are. So for an example, there was a company that run a survey to conduct customers who were buying the like the normal plain beer or like the premium lager. And most people in the survey said that they liked the premium lager, but all their sales data said that all these people were buying just the normal beer. So you're right, it comes down to the questions that we ask. And if you're asking the wrong questions, I think you'll get skewed data but uh, those questions that you're talking about they're they're absolutely gold because i think they're diving into the unconscious part of the brain then that that's what we're trying to get to yeah 100 percent. and just to touch on what you were saying there like customers won't tell you what they want you know they'll yeah. show you what they want based yeah. off of what they buy i mean at the end of the day if apple would put out a survey in 2004 or whenever it was they were de- developing the iPhone mm-hmm. and said, well, how would you like this this little small device that can do everything that a computer can do, but it fits inside your pocket? Well, people would be like, no, I've, I've got my computer for that and I've, yeah. and I've got my, my shuffle. Like, I wait, was the shuffle even invented then? Uh, I'm not sure. But oh, I know what you're saying. That's a good example as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you're saying. I, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say. But, you know, you get what I'm trying yeah, to say. If of Apple course. Asks, do you want this? Do you want a smartphone? People are being like, well, no, I'm, I'm happy with what I've got at the moment. Or do you want this this enlarged version of the of the smartphone, which you'll be able to do even more? And we're going to call it the iPad. What do you think about that? People will be like, well, no, I've already got my smartphone. Yeah. So yeah. You, you really have to dig deep and, and find out what's behind the curtain and and when you ask emotional questions and and find out what attachments they actually have to the the product that's when you really start to find out who your audience is and and like i said it's less applicable if you're a local business you might not have the luxury of being able to do that because there might only be say five hundred thousand people within 10 kilometers so if you get too picky with who you're looking for you might just be alienating a lot of your potential clients. But if you're selling online, if you have a physical product, or if you are a coach or consultant, asking questions like these. And actually, Carl, my favorite one. Do you want to hear my favorite question? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. My favorite question to ask is, who is your role model? Okay. Then you really get a feel for who your they are and what their core values are and who they want to be like and this is actually golden not just for your ads but for your marketing in general yeah this is this is good stuff yeah absolutely i'm actually reading a book at the moment it's called how customers think and 
it was published by the Harvard Business School Press back in 2003, and they're talking about the stuff that you're talking about. And they talk about the subconscious, the unconscious part of the mind and reaching into that. And the way you do this is what you're talking about is through asking these sort of questions. Because asking just those plain generic, the conscious part of the brain questions doesn't cut it. So yeah, really good stuff. Awesome. That's great. So next question, I've got, I've got this question, I've seen this a little bit. So why use Facebook ads? Why not use something like Google ads instead? I mean, there's over 3 billion searches a day on Google. Why Facebook? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Google ads work great. Let me just preface by saying that. Yeah. Um, and they are absolutely phenomenal if you have a problem-solving solution. The thing with Google Ads, though, is that you are bound by the search engine. Yeah. You can only reach people who have searched for the solution. Yeah. So, yes, that is absolutely phenomenal if you have a problem-solving service. Yeah. So, for example, if you're a plumber or if you um, – what's the problem-solving business – if you sell a product that you know improves men's hygiene or, or something along those lines, yeah. yes, they work amazing. But the reason I use Facebook, across the platforms of Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp, I mean, you've got 3 billion active users for its services. Yeah. So you're not just bound by people who are searching for a solution, but you can also reach people who aren't searching for the solution. Yeah. So there's a much wider audience that you can reach. Yeah. And because of this, there is much more inventory, which means that the traffic is at a lower cost than, than using Google Ads. Yeah. But I, I think you're right in what... I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, Google ads are more like people that want the solution to the problem now. They're ready to buy, whereas Facebook, people might not necessarily know they want it, but they see it and then they go, it's, it's patent interrupt marketing, isn't it? So, I mean, they might not yeah. necessarily, as you said before, be on Facebook to buy something, but see this really cool thing. It's great. Oh, wow, that'll work. Yeah, great. And next thing they're buying a product. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And that's the beauty of Facebook, I think. Totally. Yeah. People don't necessarily have to be in that hunting for a product to buy to fix their problem right now. And as, as a marketer, I mean, personally, as a marketer, I love that because yeah. it allows us to flex our muscles a little bit. Yes. When you, yeah. when you have the, when you work on Google as there is only so much that you can do. Yeah. There's only so good you can be at writing copy. Yeah. Whereas Facebook, it's much more of a visual platform. Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, etc. It's much more of a visual platform, and you can. There's a lot more at your disposal that you can use yeah. to interrupt the customer as they're scrolling through their feed. Yeah. So it really does kind of weed out people who know what they're doing from not know what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So what creatives are you finding most effective at the moment or does it totally depend what niche you're in or what are your thoughts on that? So first of all, that's going to be totally, totally dependent. Okay. Um, 
Sorry to give you a really disappointing and dull answer. No, no, that's all right. Okay, so that's totally dependent on your on your, the niche you're in. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a really general type question. I thought about that when I wrote it and I thought, wow, that's just going to be miles <laughs> off. I mean, do you know what? I have seen like these general rules that people come across and they've got like babies and dogs for like this random thing that has nothing to do with it. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Do you do that? I mean, is that a thing that people do? I I just I don't really understand that. I just go, what? That's just, is that just like people just trying to grab something? Here's a hook of a baby or a dog or something. And it just, it does, it's not even applicable. I just don't know how that works. What are your thoughts on that? Well, people people run ads for what with I, babies and dogs. I, I saw, <laughs> I, I am not joking. I was scrolling through my feed the other day. And obviously, there's a lot of marketing type yeah. sponsorship that comes through. And there was one with, it was like a baby. And I was just like, what? It doesn't even make sense. And it just, I clicked on it because I was, and I was like, that is, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. And then it went to something totally different. But anyway, I was, I click on all sorts of ads to see where they go and see where the <laughs> landing pages go. But Facebook must love me, but... Clearly, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are there are best practices, and I mean, there are some industries where different ad types will work better. So, for example, if we take e-commerce as an example, which is the the types of brands that I typically work with, if you've got a luxury item, an image might work better because the the product will almost sell itself. Because if you're right. if you're selling um, a, say a Versace robe or something. Yeah. You don't need an, a video explaining the pain points to the customer. You don't need to explain the key benefits. Yeah. The image will almost sell itself. Okay. Whereas if you have, say, like a men's grooming product, like Manscaped is an absolutely amazing example of Facebook ads, and I know that they absolutely kill it with their videos. Okay. If you have a product like that that's like more of a problem-solving product, you might want to use a video because then you can actually take the time to outline the customer's pain points and then present a solution. Yep. So it all depends on how much selling that you've actually got to do to convince your customer to click on the ad. Yep. I mean, it's, it's difficult because I can't suggest, I can't say that image is going to work best for this group of people, video is going to work best for this group of people. Um, yeah, of course. No, absolutely. Oh, there was, look, it was a very broad question. Yeah. So lately, a lot of these ad accounts have been disabled. What do you think that's about? What, what, do, you, what do you think it is? To put it simply, mainly because of the election. Yeah, okay. Yep. I'm sure you'll be aware, or I'm sure you're aware of what happened last time with Facebook ads and the election in 2016. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like so it's just hypersensitive at the moment. I think they just overcorrected okay. and they've gone from, you know, we are in 2016 when the Cambridge Analytica scandal happened. Yeah. They are just extremely, extremely cautious of having anything even remotely political um, on their platform. Yeah. So what this led to was, well, firstly, the Facebook ad costs absolutely jacked up between October and November. Yeah. Um, but secondly, a lot of people had their ad accounts disabled. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be too crass on this, but if you have had your ad account shut down and, and none of our clients have, but from what I've 
seen in, in a lot of Facebook groups and speaking to people, if you have had your ad account shut down, it is more likely than not that you have broken a guideline somewhere along the line. Yeah. Now, yes, there has been cases where someone's just been running an ad for their, I don't know, their sock brand, and they have absolutely nothing wrong with it, and Facebook's just gone deactivate, <laughs> shut the ad account down, which, yep, sometimes that happens, and, and there's no way to explain it. Yep. But if you have had a shutdown, it's more likely than not that you've broken a rule somewhere along the line. So if that is you, what I strongly suggest is going in and reading Facebook ad uh, policies, which you can find with a quick Google search, yep. and checking over your ads once more to make sure that you haven't violated anything. Because it can be something as subtle as, like, it could be something as obvious as saying, come and make money online with this new 50000 a month hack or something like this. Yeah. Or it could be something as subtle as, as directly calling out an audience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because some of the that I read through and just had a bit of a breeze, like a peruse over, some of them can be quite subtle. Even if you use the word others, like comparing yourself to an other part of a demographic, that will get you as well. So it's... It can be sensitive. It can be very sensitive. Yeah. The thing is with Facebook, they have more than enough advertisers willing to pay them money. Yeah. So all they are focused on is providing a great experience for their user. Yeah. Yep. So the only reason these policies are in place is because there's been ads in the past that have been reported and they will just look for the common patterns in the ads that have been reported and they'll say right we're going to cut this out yeah people don't like being called out okay we're going to cut it out no absolutely i've seen in some click funnels groups recently over the last couple of days i don't know if you've seen any of this stuff but they're disabling ad accounts linked to click funnels do you know much about that yeah i i mean i saw this the other day in in a i think it was in the click funnels group as well yep to be honest it's it's nothing to be worried about. No. All they're saying is you shouldn't be running ads to clickfunnels.com domains. And you know when you set up a, a landing page in uh, ClickFunnels before you connect your own domain, um, it'll, it will say like alexcooper.clickfunnels.com. Yep. Yep. And either way, you should already be connecting your own custom domain. I mean, you should already be running yeah, ads to, 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 to AGC Media or, or whatever your website is and, and – if you don't, then yeah. I mean, they they can cut you off, but that's that's something that you shouldn't be doing at the moment. So just run it to your custom domain, and and they'll have no problems. It shouldn't be a problem, yeah, absolutely. Hope you guys are liking the episode thus far. Because I don't want this to be too long, I'm going to halve it into two separate episodes. And next week, what we'll do is we'll dive into the ads manager and look at different metrics that you can use to get better results out of your Facebook ad campaigns, as well as ask the questions that you guys have put forward to me to ask Alex. If you need a hand running Facebook ads or you need a whole Facebook ad campaign run for you, Alex is available and you can get a hold of him through Facebook. Alex Cooper is his profile name, where you'll be able to go to various different links to check out different case studies and different results that he's got for his clients. I'll also put a link in the description of the show so you can get a hold of him. Don't forget to subscribe. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week where we dive into the Facebook Ad Manager, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.
Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from you at thismarketingthing.com. Until next time, see you later.